0: this episode we're gonna drop um i did i was like i was a guest on my man chris fudge's podcast um project fitness podcast and he has a bunch of people in general in uh you know weight training in gym culture but we talked about powerlifting, so i'll drop the audio we discuss everything from you know the actual training itself to competition game day coaching and um it's, a, it's only an hour. It's not quite with some You know, some of these KOTL episodes that are three hours long, but I figure I'd drop it for you guys. We have three King of the Lifts episodes being recorded this weekend, one with Bryce Kraczek as he prepared the IPF World Championships in a 120-kilo class. Um, obviously, IPF World's taking place in Sweden, so we're going to have him on, as well as the IPF World Championships division by division. Preview show, full analysis, men's and women's. We might have to cut this into two episodes. Um, So, we're going in with all the background stories, telling you which battles to look out for. So, you probably don't want to watch the IPF World Championships without listening to this one first because um, we're going to give you the goods. We're going to tell you what to look out for, as well as an episode being recorded. That uh, We also go through our Fantasy League picks, which means we tell you, and we being the fellas are back, the four of us, and we're going to give you our picks for every single class and our confidence points we give, how confident we are in the pick. Obviously, the lower the confidence point, the bigger the battle, the tighter the battle. And that's how the Fantasy League works. If you're not in the Fantasy League yet... What are you waiting for? It is in the Instagram um, link on the main page. Get in there. Get your pics in there. It's fun. See if you want to tangle with your boy. But I came in second out of 500 people last time. And this time, your boy Six is going to be first. So come correct if you want to do it. And if you're having a problem with your pics, listen to the IPF preview show. That should help you out. There it is with no further ado. It's your boy talking to Chris Fudge. Enjoy.
1: What's going on, buddy.
0: Not too bad and not too much. I um I'm good till about 8:55. Is that oh.
1: okay? We'll be done before that. Really? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I don't I, I don't have the street cred for 3-hour sessions like you, man.
0: The, yeah, I mean so and that's it. I don't know like sometimes people don't um chill we're recording right now, right?
1: yeah but i'll i'll get this out we'll we don't keep got it. to
0: we yeah. can keep it dog this is a i don't know exactly um i like to just flow but uh but whatever whatever however you want to do it but yeah i find um for myself i don't know so i remember at some points we went on some tangents where they're like three hour monsters we had one that was like a three and a half hour monster and um you start off with powerlifting for the first two hours. Then it got a little looser. And then by the end, we're at like 90s hip-hop or whatever the <laughs> shit, right? And um, Rory was like, is anybody listening to this? Like, we're three hours in. Stop talking about powerlifting. It's a powerlifting podcast. And we're talking about like 90s hip-hop or whatever the hell we went into. Um, and I got DMs from people being like, we're still listening. But I don't know if everybody is, but they'll be like, you get DMs from people be like, i was listening when rory said that so i showed the fellas some of those dms like dog stay on point you never know you never know right? it's o- so it's
1: I'm authentic sure. people love authenticity right they want to they want to hear someone be who they are and you know i've had some people on here they're like um like flat earthers i had a flat earther guy on here oh and shit. He's, yeah he's like i'm gonna say some some weird stuff you okay i'm like that's why you're here like just be who you are do your thing and whatever happens happens yeah. that's that's the beauty of technology right you can you, you can customize it how you want, but I find that most people enjoy just be who you are, talk, do your thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's exactly it, too.
0: I mean, not all, look, at I have had, I've had some that are like, depending on the crunch, I've had like some where I'm trying to belt off several in a day, several, like, and even more than that in a week. And I'm like, we got an hour. We gotta hammer this out. I would give you more if I if I you know there because some people come on like hey I'm expecting sometimes you have people for three hours. I'm like this one can't be though. Yeah,
1: Yeah, they they take the day off work.
0: (laughs) Yeah, like it's it's a it
1: could be a crunch time. But uh, how you enjoying it, man? I like it. You know, the whole thing for me started with COVID. Obviously, there was. I was shut down. I'm a trainer, so it wasn't doing anything. And then um, I wanted to have a coffee with one of my buddies. He's like, man, I just wish I could just come over and have a coffee with you or a beer. And I'm like, let's do it on an Instagram live. And mm-hmm. we just shot the shit and people were like asking questions because he's into fitness. And then I just said, hey, I'm going to do it again with another fitness friend tomorrow. So then I started doing these coffee with Chris's just once mm-hmm. a day, like a one hour and then people started asking me all these questions. Hey, would you have to do coffee with Chris with this person? Where you have this person on here? They're like, you should do a podcast. And then I said, Hey, this gives me some time to to, to talk to friends of mine. And then it also gave me like a, a new a new visa. To talk to different people who I don't talk to too often, right? Yeah. So I had, you know, like I had Squat University on here, and then I had a guy who did research for Barack Obama's sleep cycles and stuff. Like, it's oh, really, like random, like, like, yeah, like this, I just randomly would email someone, and they're like, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll hop on board. I'm like, okay, cool. So this stuff that you, you couldn't do before, and like you're an old school powerlifter, I'm an old school powerlifter. When you want to learn about powerlifting, you got to go to a meet. Like in the day, you have to go to the meet and talk to the guy. There was no books, you you know, unless you had like a West side book, that was it. Right. You couldn't, you couldn't get on the internet and and like email a guy, you could send a letter. Um, But now you just, you have access to anyone. And like King of the lifts is a prime example. Like you're getting athletes from all over the world, the best in the world coming on and you're getting to ask them, like, what do you do to squat? You know, 800, what do you do to bench 500? And they'll tell you, which blows my mind. I'm always like, man, that's, you know, you know, you're good when you tell someone exactly how you train to beat that on
0: that though. Um, so Taylor Atwood obviously works with the strength guys and, um, they have, they're coming out. I don't even know if I'm supposed to be saying all this, but maybe this is an exclusive for your podcast. Then, um, they're coming out with a, a Taylor Atwood signature series program for people to use. And, um, before anybody else gets it, I got it. And Kathy, who's also with King of the List, part owner, got it. And I, so on that note, because I was literally just having this conversation not long ago, you know, it, it's entirely what Taylor Atwood uh, does, like, barometer-wise, like, in terms of volume, sets, percentages of his one rep max, um, and it's all on there 12 weeks into a peaking cycle. And so literally they're like, okay, take this, use it if you want. And me and calf, we are both going to the world championships for team Canada, uh, both 83s and I'm, I'm an M1, he's in the open. And it's exactly what you're saying where, you know, here it is, use it. But me and calf, we were like, holy shit. Is this a lot of work? Like, I mean, listen, <laughs> okay. So the way it's broken up, They give you the percentages of one rep max for your sets, or you can use RPE. Understand the percentages of the one rep max is what Taylor did. RPE is probably what you're going to have to do to survive. And you might go in there like a pistol, like I got this, man. But a few weeks in, this is why some of these guys can be like, go ahead and take my program. You might be able to hang with it. But the reason why I'm telling you how I squatted 800 and Taylor's version, not 800, but to your point where some of these guys will come on and tell you, is cause like replicating. This is more than just the knowledge. It will help mm-hmm. you. It might, it'll help you, but like there's more to it. So me and calf, we like six weeks in are messaging each other. Like, this is absolutely insane. I'm, I messaged Taylor. I'm like, dude, um, some of these workouts are like four hours long. Mm-hmm. And he's mm-hmm. like, yes. And I'm, I go, but not like three days a week. I'm like five days a week, though. Like, this is a part-time. I got a full-time job. This is a part-time job. And he's like,
1: yes. He's like, have you seen yeah. my total? Yeah. Like it, <laughs> like, it better be, it better have something big. <laughs> this is why I'm like, and I'm like, I'm
0: telling him, dude, I thought I was working. Like I've been with other coaches and done a lot of stuff and I had like great totals on like for like progress under them. So it wasn't like they were like, it was good programming. Some of these people, that's what's so interesting that you'll find out probably the more and more people you talk to is like, I don't know, man, sometimes you get these little mini revelations. You're like, Holy freaking smokes.
1: Yeah. Anytime you think you're doing, you're doing a lot, someone's always doing more and then there's someone doing even more and then who can do the most usually ends up being the best. I was at, um, I was at a, a coaching thing once, And we had, uh, it was with the Iron Sisters. We were the Iron Sisters. And one of the 12-time world bench press champions, her laptop wasn't working. I said, here, use mine to do her presentation. Put her presentation on there. And then when she loaded up her presentation, she loaded up a couple of files of her training logs, right? (laughs) And it just stayed. It just stayed. Oh, so that I was mean, a
0: flex. That was a flex on
1: you. I had <laughs> to look at it. She pretty much left it open. And then I was, I was going through it, and it was a very similar concept. I was like, here's a female, here's a female whose volume, you know, would crush, would crush me, would crush, you know, people on people on gear, but she's <laughs> just the the outlier that can tolerate it, right? And that's why you're you know, multiple, you know, over 10 time world champion, the best of the best, can do not what the rest of us can. And that's what so. And that begs the question,
0: it's not just about hard work. It's also about genetics where is there anything you could do to catch up to some of these people where like, it, so if they look at you and like, I, I think I outwork work you, but you're like, yeah, but you might, but if I tried to keep pace with you, like I, I'm, I'm honestly doing this Taylor Atwood signature series. I'm like, fuck me. I don't even know if I'm going to like, I, I gotta, I gotta hop on RPs Cause at certain points I'm like, I am literally toeing that line of injury (laughs) every fucking session. It's like, um, if I don't like, I have to check myself constantly. And, um, so I'm like, I got to drop onto the RPEs. I'm trying to chase. I will stay on the prescribed weight, like percentage of my one rep max is as many sets as I can, but I'm telling you there's a full on squat day. And then when your squat day is done and you're two and a half hours done, now you have a deadlift day. And it's like, this is insane. If I, like, I am not going to make it, I have to revert to RPEs and it might get silly the way that I have to keep this going. And it's just like, so now it begs that question. You know, some people are like, uh, it's all about who wants more, puts more work in, but there is also genetic limits to this as well. Mm -hmm. It's like when both desire, discipline, work ethic, and genetic ability meet, that's like, that's how you end up on the very, very, very top. Yeah. Some people, you could work your ass off. You won't get there, but you will get way better than you would have been if you didn't. But there, there's going to be some genetic ceilings for all of us.
1: Hundred percent. And there's a reason why you see on the podium one, two, and three. They all look very similar, right? Mm-hmm. You're not going to find an 83 kilo world champion six feet tall. Like, it just <laughs> yeah, it just won't yeah. exist, right? You look at one, two, and three, and they're usually the most heavily dense guys at, at the championship, you know. But at the club. You know, you can't find them on the dance floor.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey man, you're you're not you're not lying. Look at, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm five foot nine. I'm an eighty three, and I'm like tall as shit. I feel like Shaquille O'Neal sometimes when I walk around the warm up room with this eighty
1: threes. Yeah, man. You, you it, know, like at an international meet, you're a giant. Right? <laughs> yeah, giant. And, and, and you're you're geared up. You're you're gearing up right now for your worlds. And, and yeah. how's that going for you? I mean, like I saw that you're you're nominated third, and you're you're within like a seventeen kg position there this could be a big meet for you eh?
0: we'll see dog we'll see god knows i'm pulling out all stops man i mean uh if like this is what so we were going to do this thing with the strength guys in terms of the atwood signature series and it was like it was there and i'm like i asked jason trombley who's the head of the uh the strength guys and i'm like and and kathwee hochayami who's the 83 kilo um canadian
1: shape national champion He's going the to the man he used sport. all my plates I was running, I was running a meet down in Ottawa. I was like, I swear it was one of his first, maybe his second meet. He just shows up. They're like, We need another four, we need another 25 kg. I'm like, what? Like, yeah. like we so I have to run to the warm-up room, get another set of plates. And I thought it was like one of the supers. No, he's he's not his second attempt dead.
0: <laughs> yeah, he uh yeah, he's an absolute monster. He broke the world record dead um uh, last world. So yeah, like his dead is uh he's got a hell of a dead on him. But um, so we we both were like um like leading into this like look at if we're gonna do this let's go all in and I asked Jason and Jason's like could I talk you into maybe doing one of our other programs and not the Taylor Atwood one and I'm like um why do you say that and he's like this is not about heart it's about like he just the same speech I gave you about like essentially you can break down man you got to be careful like this is this is some this is some going to be this is like we're talking like a full uh you got your job and then you got a part-time job after your job and it's going to dominate your life and you got a lot of things going on you you know you got the king of this podcast the whole freaking nine that you got going on in the background and he's aware of all the other stuff mm-hmm. and he's like this is a full on commitment i'm like man you just talked me into it, not out, right? So I'm like, I'm going all in. You're calling you're calling me out right now, okay? This sounds like a challenge at this point. Like, if I'm going to lose, or if I'm going to get injured leading into it, let me pull all stops, do everything I possibly can. And if I don't make it to the platform, I fucking die trying. Or if I'm at the competition, I will, I will show up to Sweden knowing, man, there's no way in hell I didn't work. So if someone else wins, hats off to you, my man, you know?
1: same this with gap this is gonna be your, your your biggest drive though like do you feel like you've never you've never pushed this hard before for me oh
0: my god man
1: i never pushed this hard for like
0: uh, there are points you like say,
1: you can't say you've never pushed this hard for anything ryan because g- getting you on here by the way i haven't said it yet thank you thank you for taking <laughs> yeah, time for out, sure. of your, out of your day in your life to come on this podcast thank, thank like, you for like, having me but um like, like i know you as a lifter i know you as the voice of powerlifting, I mean, that's Thank when I know. really started to pay attention to you was when you got on the mic there at the IPF worlds. Cause there was, there was a significant change once you took the mic. Thank um, you, sir. But then the more I got, you know, into your podcast and then, uh, you know, looking up some of the stuff I was like, Oh yeah. I remember he did a little strong man. And that little yeah. strong man went to like pro strong man. Then he got like a Guinness world record. You pulled a plane. You're yeah. doing some crazy volunteer work for charity and then you were on Canada's got talent. America's got talent. How many visas you got, man? Like <laughs> back in when we could travel. Yeah yeah. 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 You're, you're, you're an actor. You do some acting and stuff. You wrote for inside fitness. Like, man, you do a lot of stuff. Holy so shit, dude, you did some research. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. Did but you I do don't visas? think it like, I, I don't think, I don't think people know that about you, but man, you've done a lot of stuff. And then for the fact for Jason to be like, Hey, here's the expectations of the program. I know you do things already. It sounds like it would be, be, be a lot to overcome, but you've done a lot in the past. It is. um,
0: You know what, when you put it that way, like you're right in that. Um, I guess it's just a little different. And it's been a hot minute. It's been a minute since I've had to unload the tank like this. It's been a minute since, you know, sometimes you haven't been chin checked in a little while and you're like, Frank, this is, this is going to be a fight. Like there are times when I'm, I'm in the middle of it and I'm like texting. I, I'm so happy that my buddy is doing this thing along with me. Mm-hmm. It's so much easier prepping for something that like the, the training itself is, is like a challenge, man. Like I'm almost like not, I can't even think about the world championships because I'm like, I'm looking at what tomorrow is <laughs> <And I'm> like, <laughs> that seems scary <laughs> enough And I'm like texting calf. We'll be like, my man, he's like, I know he's like, what <laughs> week are you on? What day are you on? I'm like, Holy shit. How are you feeling? Like, and we're, but we're going through it together. If anyone's going to do this, find a friend and do it
1: with them and make hmm. them do it with you. Um, I, I but- think a lot of people in their day, like in the early days of powerlifting, you know, your first time you do the small off. Oh yeah, dude. You do it I with a buddy. You always do it with a buddy. Yeah. It, why is it so much easier when a buddy's doing teaming? I think it comes down to, it might just be like, you know, the competitiveness. If you're a competitive person, you know, you go, I go, you go, I go, or maybe you just feel the safety factor. Man, if you're going to war and I'm there with you or I'm going to war and you're there with me, I'll do it. Cause I, I know a lot of people that have done it with a friend. I know way less people that have done it solo. <laughs> yeah.
0: There's something about, and this is straight up human nature. Everything is easier to endure when you think you're not going through it alone. That's psychology. You might look at me, calf. We aren't even um, like, I haven't, because it's like three and a half hours, I'd rather do this from home or like a four hour workout session. I'm not, I don't want to be at the gym for four hours. There's another thing I noticed. I'm actually thinking about going to the gym for like half, go, going home for, I got to split this thing in half, man. This, this is like too big, this session. I can't be at the gym for like four hours. It would kill me when I'm at the gym. And um, some people come in, work up beside me. Some people leave. Some new people come in, work up beside me. Then they leave, and I'm like, if a third person comes and goes while I'm still here, it starts wearing on you psychologically. Like, how long have I been here, man? It's like prison. It's like, it starts becoming like I'm the I'm the lifer where the guys the, doing five years, half spins.
1: hours. You're marking <laughs> yeah. on the wall the line for every thirty minutes. <laughs> it makes it worse. That's a
0: good analogy. Whereas, um, but. So it's not even though, not even like he's physically with me, but there is something to the point of, and everybody has this, when so when you know you're not alone with this. That's what people do not to get deep, but that's what people do when like whatever you're suffering. If you when you get told like you're not alone, other people have dealt with this, it makes it easier. But there is something, even with challenges where you know like somebody else is grinding, doing the exact same you're doing thing you're doing, and you check up on them, and they check up on you, and you're like, where are you at? I'm at three hours left. I'm three hours deep. Sorry, I got an hour left. Let's keep, let's keep it moving. You're like, all right, mm-hmm. good. You still in? You uh, tomorrow? How you went? You, how's your back? How's your hammies? How you? I'm still in, man. I'm still grinding. I'm still pushing. but so am I. Good. Mm-hmm. You you're not quitting? I'm not quitting
1: because yeah. it's
0: both of us in. I ain't, I'm not bailing. You know, percent. Let's, let's, let's get this through. There's something about that psychologically.
1: Oh man, you one of the one of my favorite quotes that I heard you say before was. When life gets heavy, don't ask for the load to be lighter. Ask for the strength to keep moving forward. Yeah, there it is. That's deep. That's, <laughs> That's deep, my man.
0: That's deep, man. Well, it's true um, because gravity doesn't give a shit. Gravity will not care. You have a tough day. You have what you have to adjust. Um, it, it. So when you show up to that to the weight room or the platform or whatever it is, like. All the excuses. When you show up on the platform, it doesn't matter what your wake cut was, doesn't matter time zone change, doesn't matter how you slept, doesn't matter everything that went wrong for you. Gravity stays the same. It's very consistent. You got 250 kilos on your back, in your hands, or whatever it is, it's going to be 250 kilos, love. So you better figure it out. You know, so you can't ask for that thing to be lighter. You better be stronger. Pull yourself together, right? That's a weightlifter's it. mentality, which yeah. helps in life. It yeah. helps in
1: life in general. It's so funny. Cause like powerlifting is an individual sport, but everything you just mentioned here, like, it sounds like you, when you got your buddy doing it with you, you know, now it's a team team sport, right? You know what I've, I've, I've done interviews with people. Um,
0: like previously before podcasting stuff was mostly, uh, traditional media. And this is back. Like when I was doing like the cans got talent and, um, and I had a, I was on a reality TV show for a stint and, um, they they would talk. I was on there as a powerlifter slash strongman, so th- they would be normal media people who had no idea about powerlifting, right? So mm-hmm. the questions are like, "Oh, you chose an individual sport. Why is that psychologically? Is that like a?" And I'm like, I would tell them like, I would be. This is when I was in the gym every day, like before the COVID situation. But mm-hmm. I'm like, man, I no, no. Do you like, are you like being alone? Are you introvert? And I'm like, fuck. I could not be less of an introvert, my man. Like I love talking, love talking to people. I'm not a shy guy, but they're just, you know, trying to piece a piece of story together for themselves. Right. And I'm like, listen, I understand. I hit that platform alone, but believe me when I tell you, I got a team of people I train with a team of people who make these programs, a team of people to keep my body together, my, my nutrition, my, whatever the weight cut is. And like, I'm rolling in there with a team, man. So when I hit that platform, I remember every single supporter and everybody who had my back and like every day in, day out, I'm not doing this solo, man. Like this is a, you perform alone on the platform, but that's not, that's not, that's a tip of the iceberg, my friend. Um, And most, so it is an individual sport, but it's not entirely, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Even Team Canada, when we show up, Man, your handlers—if it's—if it's—I'm going to be in—I'm going to be in about—I'm in, in the underdog on this thing. Um, so, if I'm going to walk through, if I walk through with the win, fuck me, would I be happy? But okay, if I big. walk through with the, what's that, sorry? That'd be big. It'd be big. So if I do come through with the win, though, um, my handlers, with, who's going to be Jeff But for Team Canada, you're familiar. He's going to be a massive role. Key rule handling mm-hmm. and powerlifting is so underrated. Mm-hmm. It kills me when people don't realize like I'm I'm lifting, but it can be won or lost when it's that tight. And when you're an underdog and you need to outmaneuver. A massive plus for you will be somebody with proper handling, not just to bring you up to your top maxes like some people think, but you do need to recognize like if chips are there or, or um, you know, in terms of attempt selection and, and jockeying, like changing your opening dead, changing your last dead. Are you going to be the last polar in the whole nine? Like ver- checking out like if he misses his third squat, what's the chance that he misses his third dead in the whole nine?
1: Just it, it, it's a lot. The skill you know? is, the skill is so different. It's a paid position. It's it's a career for some people. You see it a lot with the programmers, the coaches, and they show up, they're, they're, they're charging for game day, but they're delivering, you know, and, and I, I don't know about you, but I find it different. Sometimes you'll have a conversation with someone who lives in a different federation, right? And they're going to have 30 total people. Everyone's in their same, their own weight class. They're going to walk away first in their weight class anyway. And when you have a conversation, you say like, no, powerlifting is way more than who's the strongest. Yeah. Like, like there, there's a big component to it on the other side. The co- and they're just, they look at you like, what do you mean? Like Dog. whoever, whoever lifts most wins, man. <laughs> it's it's,
0: I love what you said with in, in different feds and no, no down in like other feds, it can be fun. They can be the whole nine, but it all comes down to, if there's um, depth of competition, you ask certain people, like what's a lot number and how does that play into not just the weighing in, but if you're in competition you know, like, like any people don't even know how lot numbers play into it. If you have lot number advantage or disadvantage or how that might work out, or, you know, there's a lot of moving pieces that some people just have no idea, Mm -hmm. you know, and, um, if if you're an underdog, but it's relatively tight for you to cover some ground, you better have a handler that knows all of this. Mm -hmm. And when team Canada rolls in, thank God, we have people like Jeff, but like grizzly Ventures are literally 30 years in the game, won all these international titles, national titles, and um, know all of it and, mm-hmm. in our game. And they'll, they'll do the research and be like, okay, this is what we're going to do. And if I see an opening, you know, or if we have an opening, I'll take advantage, you know, we're, we're we'll make a push. And um, there are times when some people have lost, and I've I've said it on the podcast, but I don't always drop names. You've seen people lose national titles, especially in the US run net. Sometimes you're like, My well, man, you lost that, but you were the stronger lifter, but you should not have lost because you made a silly error in terms of attempt selection and it could have been locked up, and instead you you left the gate open. It um
1: it happens, man. Yeah, and when you get the depth that's so deep, right? When you got like five people that can win, like yeah. you need you need to know. I always say the best thing you can do. As a new lifter, is know the rules. As a new lifter, study the rule book, become a referee, just take the test so that you know the rules. So, right off the bat, you're way more equipped with the side that other new lifters are not. And they're relying on other people, right? When you have that in your back pocket, you can have conversations with people who know that side of the sport. They know that side of the game. And then you can even advocate for yourself when you see something, you know, an injustice on a rack height, a, you know, an issue, an error here or there, you point something out to the referee. As a, as a lifter, you then have some autonomy as well to have those conversations. For sure, you've got to get a good handler. You've got to get a good coach to help you in those situations. But, you know, I, I can drive a car. I have a license. I can drive a truck. I can drive a lot of different things, but I wouldn't want to just pass my written test and never step foot in a vehicle and then jump in, right? Like you want to be yeah. able to handle yourself at, at some point.
0: Yeah. and it, Or at the very least, be able to offer sound input when that's 60 seconds, you've got 60 seconds to make decisions and um, you kind of understand what's going on or like just be able to gauge people who are handling you. Look at I know for ah, fuck me, I don't want to say, I don't want to throw nobody on the bus, but put it this way I, as a, as the commentator at the APF worlds, there are times when you're watching things and you're like, I am not sure why that attempt was made or why that, that deadlift was changed at the end or whatever. Like, I think that I'm curious, you know, you talk like that. Mm-hmm. just to leave the listener to be like hmm, well something's going on here obviously yeah. he saw something but you're not trying to throw it in your bus and be like
1: but re- really what you're thinking is what the fuck what, what the- did
0: you just do <laughs> what that was you- not what you should have been doing yeah and um yeah i mean straight up everything from like some people like going for a world record and not taking a chip where it's like just take the chip take it take a point five but going straight on the even number where it's like, you know, there's a chip involved, right? Like, so the other person's got to go up a full two and a half and you just went up a 0.5. Like it's so it's right there readily available for you. And there isn't actually like a reason, you know, if, if there's a few different chips in play and it ends up, but no, that wasn't the case. I don't know. It's, there are definitely some, some moments where you're watching and if you're the athlete you, you want to know enough that you could look back and be like, why wasn't this like, all right, here's another one that happens at the U S raw nets. Um, you have a placeholder dead and you're paying attention to the people beneath you. You don't lift any more than you have to, but also if the people beneath you are going to play the same game, but they're lighter than you, you know, they can tie you and end up beating you on a tie from body weight. And some people didn't adjust their deadlifts. And it's like, what is happening here? Like, if you get this or you don't get this, like, are you going to end up, if you don't get your third and you're relying on your second, are you now even keel with the person beneath you? And all they have to do is tie you. And now they're going to beat you on body weight. And holy shit, sure enough, it happens like, damn it. So if that's on your handler, at the very least, if you're the lifter, you can analyze after the fact and be like, how was I ahead and we were in this position and that I got bumped off second or bumped off podium, or how did this happen again? Let me, let me, let me understand this. And then you look and you're like, that shouldn't have happened. You know, like <laughs> I should have been, uh, did I need that third dead? I did. Did I only need two and a half kilo more instead of seven and a half? Or did I, what was going on here?
1: Um, You know, did there's, You've sat in the seats many times, front row. You've seen this stuff live, right? What are some of the biggest, like, you're like, that was the best played number selection coaching I've ever seen. And some of the big, like, Ooh, you blew it. You blew it. That's the biggest flop I've seen at the, at the world. What are some that come to mind? And they're out there. We already know they've happened, right? Yeah. 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 All right. A couple of misses. Um,
0: recently, uh, with with Kristen Dunsmore, she lost her silver medal in the sixty nine kilo class u s raw Nationals. The last deadlift um, she should have changed it in down to two and a half kilo instead of seven and a half kilo because she ended up being tied at five hundred kilo even. There's three lifters after um Chandler Bab had taken the the title three lifters in a row got 500 kilo, but Kristen was deadlifting last. And um, her last deadlift was a placeholder, uh, I would assume. And then when the other lifters ended up ending, settling where they were, she could have, I'm trying to re- recollect exactly how it went, but she ended up not changing the bar. I say she likely her handler and she was unaware at the time until after the fact. And um, deadlifting, a weight she didn't need to deadlift anymore. Maybe initially she, she needed to deadlift it, but as the other lifters went, they were missing, you know, whether they Mm. missed or whether they ended up just tying her and now they have body weight advantage. I'm trying to recollect now, but I remember she had a weight on there. She didn't need by the time she pulled it, missed that weight. So she had to rely on her second deadlift and uh, it ended up being, you know, she wasn't going to make it. So that was tough at the world championships. Um, it's been said to death, but uh, Daniela Mello, Amanda Lawrence, they had two placeholders in place. Um, and Amanda Lawrence went, did not have to go first. I I, I think uh, if I'm not, if I'm remembering this properly, Mello opted to pull first and um, she should have just pulled afterwards and let Amanda go first and shoot her shot and then load the bar with exactly what you think you need. Um, I think that. That was a miss there. Where you know, I mean, the world championships is is in play. Like these things happen, man. You got you got six seconds to make decisions. You mm-hmm. put in placeholders. This is when it comes down to the last deadlift, and you have a placeholder deadlift in 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 place. You need to pay attention to who's hitting, who's missing. If they missed, where's their total at now? If if they missed and their total ends up equaling yours, do they advantage on the body weight because you can't equal. Um, and then if they hit, you want to load the bar with no more than exactly what you need. So if you have body weight advantage on them, make your total tie their total. You beat them on body weight. If you're heavier, make your total be slightly more. If you have to go up two and a half kilo, whatever it is and you gotta pay attention. It's that last deadlift when you have the placeholder in place. If you're playing that game with a placeholder and you're watching what happens, and if you're if they're Deadlifting before you don't give up that advantage. And if I remember properly, it's been a couple years. Forgive me. I believe that's what Daniela Mello gave up at the Worlds where um, Lawrence was going to dead before her because she was fu- she was a, um, Mello was afterwards leading it in terms of the deads, and instead she opted to go first. Where it's like you, I, I don't think you should have gave up that advantage. Um, and it is what it is. Mm-hmm. And, and look at man, I'm not shitting on nobody. Accidents happen. I've made accidents. Nobody's in this game from beginning to end and hasn't made a blunder. Like, fuck me. I 100%. I the ball. Brett mm-hmm. Gibbs also in 2017, God bless Ulan. Kazakhstan Kazakhs lost it to Ulan from Kazakhstan. And that was a blunder with the, with the calls and, and even the greats, man, I'm not going to mm-hmm. drop names, but some of the greatest, some of the handlers of the people I'm talking about are the greatest of the great that I have tons of respect for mm-hmm. um, tons of respect for these individuals Everybody, if they can make mistakes, everybody can. So if you're listening to this and you're like, fuck me, I was handling a buddy at local meet and you're like, Oh, you know, you might've dropped the ball with a couple things here and there. And you took it, take it as a learning experience. The greatest of the greats have, have fumbled the ball.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: so it is I, what it is. I remember
1: one time at a Canadian nationals after nationals, one of our coaches who coached Eric Willis to his goal, right? Remember Willis? Yeah, of
0: course. Yeah. And they, they that's the first it gold ever for Canada. Yeah, that's right. In the open.
1: That, in the open, man. Yeah. And he or the open ever. And um, so they had to change Willis's numbers there last minute to give him the last debt going into it. So originally they said, can you open heavier than normal? So what ended up happening was he would always go last and he'd always be able to see what everyone else was going to do before he puts the next tempt in. So that small little change there gave yeah. Willis the lead and no one else saw him coming. Right. He was like, I think ranked fourth going in or fifth a couple guys bombed out. Then he just pulled out of nowhere. Cause he's a stupid deadlifter won the <laughs> world championship. It was yeah. avi. Avi made those, those calls, those changes. I, I remember avi was like 2012 or 13 were Canadian nationals. And I don't even remember who he was coaching. We were in a room of people afterwards, like in a hotel room and he was really beat up on himself and he kept saying, like, apologizing to the person, something along the lines of, like, I didn't peek you right. It's my fault. I didn't peek. And he's he's coach, right? He's like, I didn't peek you right. That's my bad. That's all my bad. But he's taking the blame. He's taking the ownership, right? Yeah. And he didn't even do lifting. Someone else said lifting. And then you fast forward, you know, nine years later, and he's behind the scenes coaching, like, the first Canada world champion. Abby is an absolute genius when it comes to handling. Um, I've had people on the podcast, like, L- Rory Lynch
0: does a lot of co-hosting. And he's done, you know, coached at the, like handling wise, he coaches as well for programming, but at the world championships in some massive battles, like Brett Gibbs, when Brett's against like Russell or and whatnot. So he's been in the toppest of the top, mm-hmm. the world championships with the biggest of the hype showdowns. And, um, he was saying how Abby is, he would literally at the end of the competitions, they would write reports stating what attempts, where were where were we going into the meet? What attempts did I select? What attempts did the opposition select? And then analyze it and decide were those the proper attempts and then hand in the report. And I believe Abby even would review them because I knew he would look to Abby as a mentor and they would have discussions on mm-hmm. handling. Like, you know, some people look over programming, People who take handling to that point, literally write reports on their handling job to review afterwards and be like, hmm, if this is a chessboard, why did I make that one decision on the second deadlift? Could I have taken the lead on deads, held it? So now when it gets to the third deads, he's going before me and I see what he's going to go, or could I have even had my foot on the neck and closed the show there? could I have forced his hand to pull something? Like, Hmm. I wonder like there, there there's some moments where it's like you could have closed the door on this individual in the second dance, but you let it, you let him breathe a little. Mm -hmm. Now it's uh, like, it depends on how it all shakes up. Right. But, um, it's high level
1: performance, man. That's, that's high level performers reflect.
0: And and, in anything, and and because you only have 60 seconds to make these decisions, if you don't do these recaps, and um, review your your thought process. You're, you, there's not enough time to like. You need to hit platform time, but you're not going to learn from what you did and what you could have done better. Mm-hmm. You just won't, man. There's not enough time when you're on the platform sixty seconds to make these decisions. You're gonna you're gonna end up doing it intuitively all the time, yeah. unless you do these analysis. Like, what, what could I have done there? What should I have done there? If you, you, you need
1: practice scenarios too, right? Right. I always yeah, find yeah. that sometimes between. You know, Between lifts, between squats and bench, bench and dead, when you see the, the coaches in the back room shooting mm-hmm. the shit with everyone, having a good time, maybe take a photo here and there, go talk to their boy, they're not someone you need to worry about. You don't oh, need yeah. to worry about whoever they're <laughs> coaching, you don't need to worry about. You need to worry about that coach that's staring at the board. It's yeah. between lifts, right? Everyone's warming up. They're not even worried about your warm ups. They're staring at that board and they're already playing chess. They're going through the scenarios. What if they do this? What if they do this? They're looking to see who's putting in the last minute attempt changes, right? Yes. Who's going to change their openers last minute? Those are the people you need to keep your eyes on because they're the ones that are going to be making the moves and you won't see it coming until it's too late. Um, yeah, if, if you got a coach who's just by your side giving
0: you pep talks but not looking at the scorecard enough you know like my man are you paying attention i'm good but are you uh, i need you to pay attention on the scoreboard because there's um again rory and the other co-host bill mccarthy and arian Comessi are on the u.s side and um rory was on the new zealand side and rory's like i wanted to make an attempt selection change um i think it was leading into deads if i'm not mistaken and uh for the opener and I was soon as they said, you know, like I knew the time was getting close to cut off where you could make your final um, change. And he's like, I put in our change. And he goes, fucking Bill McCarthy, who was like a 280 pound man. Came out of nowhere like Tom Cruise out of Mission Impossible from the ceiling with his attempt slash and change. It, yeah. it beat me after I got it in. He got his in and I didn't get the seat. He's like, damn it, man. Where did this guy come from? And um, But there is that where you're like keeping an eye, like, are they changing? You know, are they going to change up? Because you're trying to, and some people will lure you towards like, they have a an opener on deadlifts that's artificially slightly high to make you chase a bigger squat and chase a bigger bench because you're doing the math thinking fudge. Okay. Listen, if I'm looking at his squat and I'm looking at his bench, if he's opening with that dead, (sighs) I better, I want to close the gap a little bit. He's a big debtor. I need to close the gap on my subtotal. Yeah. Guess what? He's changing that dead though. He's lowering it. He's just making you put pressure on you just by doing that alone and and if you think it isn't going to when you show up at a big competition yes you're going to look at the scoreboard and be like fuck me he's got a pretty big opener on dead yes it will be in your head yes you're going to be like i better cover some ground on squats you'll take risks you're going to to push on squats Mm -hmm. and you're going to push on bench and it's when you push that you might go over the top and be like "Ah, i missed my third squat." and once you and newsflash 67% 67% of lifters who missed their third squat missed their third dead. So now he's got you. Now he's like, thank you, son. Now I could drop my deadlift opener when it's appropriate. And uh good luck on your third deadlift, by the way, because chances are you're gonna miss it as well because you grinded.
1: You ever Listen. see um you ever see a stealth move for last minute attempt changes? Or have you ever seen someone use a decoy in the back room? to submit a, a different attempt from like oh! another team or another athlete. You ever see that? So that's a playable move. You know what,
0: what a, what a sneaky little, so I am, um, I'm usually in the commentary or I'm lifting. Have I seen a decoy? Maybe the fucking decoy got by me. Now that I'm thinking about it, maybe it was that good. Maybe he took my wallet too. You, man. That's how good it was. <laughs> so
1: maybe, you you got to get yourself a decoy for worlds that's this right.
0: year. That's right. Tell right. But. <laughs> that's right. I got to find somebody like somebody in a team, Japan, uh, Warm up and be like, do you have a lifter? No. Okay. Listen, we can use you. Okay. Listen, <laughs> if you don't mind, if you don't have a war uh, lifter, this flight, no, I don't know what, uh, yeah, that's, I, I don't think I've ever seen a decoy doing that, but I don't know how. So can anybody put in those attempt selections? Anybody.
1: Holy freaking smokes, my man. Man, we just set a new standard. You're going to see no coaches putting in tents now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Like somebody, year? some people are prevalent. You know, it's hard for like somebody like a Joey Flex to blend into the crowd. Everybody knows you look like. You got to yeah. choose properly. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? But yeah. uh, you need the
1: fake mustache, the
0: glasses. Oh my God. Can you imagine <laughs> like my man, I see you coming a mile away. <laughs> but um, somebody who's like as wily as they come off the top of my head, if if you're... In a firefight and you're going Against Arian Camese Bill McCarthy uh, Matt Gary holy fuck If you're going against Matt Gary <laughs> You better you better Know what you're doing Jeff Butt Abby Silverberg um, Like the, the Best of the best they're not Necessarily the programmers No, programmers good there's a lot of programmers who are decent They're decent but if, if you think that they know, like, how to handle, you know, if, if, they could, if you could sit down with them and go through all the different rules and all the different, like, you know, with, yeah, some of them are going to stumble even on lot numbers. Okay, how that works again and refresh. Some of these guys are absolute killers where, okay, look, at if you got by far the stronger person, okay, there's not much they can do about it. They can't make their lifter stronger day of.
1: Mm-hmm. But if it's a battle, if it's tight, that could be all she wrote for you. Can you imagine this last year or before COVID WPC and hundred percent raw, they combined for their worlds. It was down in, um, Alberta, right? Mm -hmm. So I had an athlete lifting down there. So who are we going to call in Alberta to come and handle for the day? Avi, of course. So we call Avi up. You want to, you know, can you take care of this person? No problem. The rules there and they just implemented for the first time ever. You can, you can go up by 0.5 of a kilo on any lift holy smokes any sorry no one you can go by one kilo on anything 0.5 on record but you can go up by one on squat bench dead any attempts so so avi like finds this out like the day of right he's like what this is a rule so all of a sudden he's like messaging me okay we can, do this. we can do this i was like man like have at it he was like a kid in the candy store right like just trying to play around with it and uh it made it very interesting and his takeaway from it was it would really change the game it would really change powerlifting. It would benefit, you know, people with small benches. Um, yeah. it, it really would and help people get over plateaus and stuff. And it would really force people to coach differently. Do you think, I mean, that's
0: interesting. And I'm not, I'm not definitely opposed. Um, I mean, it's definitely conversation. It depends on, hmm, I wonder. So, because the fact that you're forced to go two and a half kilo up and it's the smallest increment for our American friends listening, it's five pounds the fact that that's the smallest increment you're allowed to go up does make it dicey. It makes, it makes it dicey because like, you know, in terms of attempt selection, you better be pretty on point. Whereas if the smallest increment is one kilo, so it's two and a half, 2.2 pounds, it's a little less dicey. You're a little more sure on your attempts because you could get a little closer. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you're like, because everyone's had that conversation where especially on bench, if you're real close, And you're like, we're going up either two and a half kilos or five. And that can seem like a lot, 10 pounds. Like you're like, holy shit, but it gets a little less. So I'm wondering if there's more successful attempts, less failed. And that's not, you might think off the top of your head, is that a good thing? Maybe, maybe not. Because if everybody just goes nine for nine, then it's just, we might as well go to the gym and have a PR day. But because people are going to miss lifts, it makes it, you better sharpen your sword and know what you're doing. So I don't know, if, but on the flip side, I mean, Avi knows if Avi's like, hang, hang on a second, there's possibilities for more, more gain. I would, have, I would have to see it. Mm-hmm. you're right though. In ter- especially for, um, in the women's bench with the lighter weight classes, uh, I've had this conversation with like a lot of the women from 52 kilo to 57 kilo. Um, and they're like, fuck man, if I could just get a one kilo here and there, mm-hmm. you know, it, it would make a world of difference.
1: They plateau so much longer right? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's yeah. just what it is. So what does that do for the psyche? Let alone when you see everyone in the bigger weight classes moving up their their numbers and you're like, oh, here I am. And that's just an unfortunate reality. In the sport,
0: it, it, it plateaus the sport as a viewer. If mm-hmm. you're like, well, here we go. 52s and we're no at- PRs. We know exactly what they're going to hit. This Everyone's morning. going two
1: for three.
0: <laughs> exactly. And everyone's stu- like, they're, they're previous, they're stuck at their previous PRs for like three years straight. And you're like, chasing the same, like, yeah, it, it's tough for every, all around. It's pretty <clears throat> tough. Mm-hmm. But then there's the old, some people are like, what if you change to one kilo for 63s and below, but then people are like the thing with powerlifting is we all go by the same rules and we don't make, you know, if you're smaller, you're 59 kilo, you don't get a smaller bar. Cause you got smaller hands or we yeah. don't do that. We don't make concessions for anybody. Everyone has the same bar, same weights. That's what makes it. So I'm like, yeah, I guess that's true too. So I don't know.
1: (laughs) know, It's tough. Like when in certain sports rules sometimes come out of nowhere and you're like, it's good. It's bad. It's good. It's bad. Like you saw the Olympics with the high jumpers, right? Those two athletes that uh, they tied and they shared the gold medal. Oh, so how did you feel about that? Okay. Now you got to know the backstory. I don't know if you know the backstory here. So here it is.
0: I'll tell you straight up right now. I first heard it. I'm like, don't like it. You, 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 you don't come to the Olympics. To shake hands and and uh, you, you we want to know who's the best. That's mm-hmm. the only reason why I'm watching. If I have a boxing match and they're like, okay, we have the judges' decisions, it's for the world title, and they're like, hey, I tell you what, why don't you just hang on to that decision because we went the distance? Why don't we just call it a draw and we're both world champion? As a viewer, I'd be like, you guys go fuck yourselves. <laughs>
1: I want my money back, gonna <laughs> yeah.
0: but, but uh, yeah, I want my money back. That's not why we're here to find out who's the best of the best, right? That's, that's all sports is mm-hmm. like, it's also to have fun and all the rest and like, believe me, I'm a, I'm a bleeding heart, hopeless romantic who loves a good sports story. So it's not just about winning. Sometimes you lose, someone loses, they can win me over by like the guts and the backgrounds, believe me. But um, it's the fact that they're trying to win that makes it. However, I know this background story. I'll let you tell it. The only reason
1: why I hear this and I'm like, it's a little different is because of the background story. Well, then you you, you would know, first off, the ruling of, of the event, high jump. Essentially, you each get so many attempts. And then if you tie, but one person has faulted on one of the attempts and the other person is flawless or has faulted less, they're the automatic winner. If they tied the same jump, they both had no faults. They were perfect going into it. They hit all their attempts. They're 2.7 meters. So now the option is to have a jump off, but from a technicality, they can also decide not to have a jump off and then both walk away with the gold. These two athletes were friends. They trained together periodically from different countries and stuff and they're friends. So they had the chance to walk away, both a gold medalist at the Olympics. What does the Olympics give some countries? I don't know what we get in Canada. You win a gold medal. What do you get? 5k, 10k, 20k. Like, I don't think you get a big, payday you might get some sponsorship afterwards and stuff the u.s it's obviously much more and then some of these countries like in russia you get a gold medal like you just got a pension like you're good for life like you're set right so from where these guys are from my assumption is they may have got a nice big financial bump if they both get the gold over one over the silver and if they're friends they could probably use that money well i don't know if that's exactly you know, the, the rationale, but I do know that they were friends. They could share that moment between the two of them. What do you know? Here's what it is too. I, I don't know about, um, I didn't look into You're
0: 100% <clears throat> right. We even have that in powerlifting, by the way. Um, some, some nations have funding and whatnot. So it's a, so uh, for sure, you're in a, you're in a specific nation for Olympics. That can be the case. But also if you think about it because they are boys and they've known each other for years and they're close. I mean, just not like they see each other around. I mean, apparently train together, compete together, talk on a social level, and they're like that. So when it comes down to the Olympic gold medal, you know you're looking your boy in the face and you have the opportunity to be like, I'm a, I am get a gold medal, you get a gold medal. If I go on to a fucking speaking seminar, doing engagements, write a book, do whatever. I just milk this from here on out. I have my moment with my family and I go back to my nation and I'm a hero in my nation. You get the same. And in that respect, when it's your boy and you look at him in the eyes and you're like, do I tell you I have what I have, but it's not enough. I need to make sure you don't have it. I need to make sure I take it from you. I already have the gold, but I want to take it from you. What you have, everything you've worked for, your family that I probably know, your mom that I I know I know, your dad that I know, your everything I know you've been through, everything I know the doors I could open for you. I want I already have the goal, but I want to make sure I take away your opportunity though. So I'm gonna push for that jump off. That's the reason why when I heard the story. And look at, I, I like prefacing this with what I just said about the boxing match. I'm with you. I'm that guy that we're not here to make friends. Let's rock and roll. Who's the best. I don't want to mm-hmm. hear this go all out. But when I heard the story, if I was to be like, um, like look at me and Kathy are like, like from the same hometown and I'm talking about, we're going to the world championships. Now I'm in the master's. season in the open. Let's just make up a, a situation. Cause me and Kathy like walk dogs together, barbecues, we go for cocktails. We do whatever, man. You know what I mean? Like, um, And like I was coaching and whatnot. I don't think these guys are coaching each other, but if me and him came down to the wire, it's like, you guys both won. And then I know in the back of my head, if I call for it, I can ask to even go after his medal. And it's not enough. We both won. If I knew that in the back of my head, if I'm looking at him, like I won, he won, we both won. I could push, take this away from him. I could try. I would, I would actually be like, I could not look at him and do that. Mm -hmm. Not your boy, man. You fucking boy come on man that's not how that's not that's your that's your friend
1: that's good that's
0: different that's hard that's good human behavior good human
1: behavior that i'm
0: okay with Mm -hmm. but a lot of people i listen to some podcasts and um they're like that's weak and i don't even shit on that because i tell you what when i first heard the story i'm like that seems weak Because I didn't know the background. I'm like, are these just two dudes?
1: Are these same thing? I'm like, they probably don't even speak the same language (laughs) and they're just gonna walk away with the gold. So they say they have it. Yeah. I thought imagine they don't even speak the
0: same language they've never met before in their life. And I'm like Look at me, you had an out and you took the feel good story to sell to us because you didn't want to jump off, because you didn't want to look behind that door because you got doubt in yourself. That's how I was thinking initially. Then you hear the story, like, all right, man, you don't want to explain to that guy's mom why you were a dick. <laughs> you know,
1: yeah, you're and not then getting, if you if you push more- in on the uh the you know the bachelor party, you don't get the invite, you're no longer in the <laughs> yeah, wedding party. Yeah. But
0: <laughs> yeah. so like, hey, guess what? Did your life blow up? You do that speaking engagements and the whole nine? Yeah, I didn't though. Uh, Huh? Yeah. I went back to the the factory and <laughs> ah, life's I hope your kids are good. Hope they're yeah. good. But
1: Adi- my- <laughs> Adidas dropped me. I'm working at McDonald's.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. But hey, you're doing good though, huh?
1: That's good.
0: That's good. Yeah, that's tough, man.
1: Ryan, I I know your time is very valuable, and I appreciate you coming on the podcast your day just to shoot the shit. Um, I wish you all the best of luck here, worlds. I'll be I'll be cheering you on. Um, it'll be interesting to hear someone commentating for you. You know, definitely because oh, you, huh? you're, you're always on the mic. Who, who do you think's yeah. going to be in the chair when you're uplifting?
0: You know what? So the IPF now has, um, so me in, and Gary Williams are the like, like official guys. And then they rotate some color commentary, which is always like an athlete or coach. Actually, no, I shouldn't say, um, uh, an athlete It's either an athlete or a coach. So you in commentary, you have the lead and you have the color commentary, which means athlete or coach, former mm-hmm. athlete or coach. And historically speaking, the lead is uh, someone in broadcasting. So I had like media. So they said, okay, now you're lead. And I think Gary did as well. So um, they have us too. Usually we're side by side. And then, um, so I th- almost guarantee it's going to be Gary and then somebody else who it is i don't know i hope it's somebody dope i hope it's uh like
1: i don't know i don't know man like they don't like mike tyson up there oh the my god all over the mic you <laughs> have no idea what he's saying.
0: i would take it i would take it in a heartbeat but uh yeah man i mean look at this this time like we're getting close to an hour but this flew by quick my man it did we uh we're gonna have to do it again
1: i'd love that this was, this was a little too quick. Uh, I would love <laughs> that. And um uh, d- just lastly here, your King of Lives podcast is massive, blown up three hour shows. People Thank still you, listen to them. I'm, I'm a Thank huge you, fan myself. Who's big. What's next, you know, in the next month or so, what can we expect on the show? Well, we are actually rolling into
0: the IPF world. So um we're doing like the IPF world's roster. We're focusing on that big time because obviously like that's the biggest a powerlifting competition in the sport, right? Mm-hmm. So, w- w- all the big names on the IPF World Championship roster, whether it's leading into, and we're trying to get some people we haven't had already, or because I'll be in Sweden, um, getting them live in person, so won't just mm-hmm. be by Zoom. Yeah, my man. Smooth. excited about that live in person after they win, and um, I've did that. I think I, I did that last time when Jezza won, and you can mm-hmm. never get Jezza because the Wi-Fi in that room is like there's none on that island there's none dog there's like <laughs> there's like none so um when i got jezza and i got one of his his handlers um that speaks english i literally walked up to his crew and i'm like anybody speak english here you you english english, english? and then one dude rose his hand because they knew what i was looking for interpreter so some of them might have but they're probably a little shy like yeah and the one guy's like i'll do it and i'm yeah. like jezza you come into a side room with me real quick. He just won the world championship sweaty and all. And I'm like, he thought he was man. getting
1: drug tested.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's like, yeah, exactly. He's got his, he's got exactly. We move in there. He's taking his pants off. and Whoa, 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 whoa. Um, Microphone, put this yeah, on. <laughs> like mic up, my man. No. And then um, he knew and he was like, yes, dude. Cause I was like, this is never going to happen again, my man. You're never going to have Wi-Fi again. Let's do it. But um, after that, even if I do like 20 minutes with somebody right after they win, and we do a little, uh, do a little something, something in person.
1: I'll put a request if it's possible, Sergey fedisenko Oh shit! Yeah, his man. English, his English is broken. You know, I've, I've chatted with him before, but he always has an interpreter and stuff. And he is just, you know, he's the goat amongst goats that no one knows of. No one know, like a lot of people don't know, but he's just been so dominant and so long. And he's super humble. He's super humble, believe it or not. The guy's got like Fair. eighteen championships, world titles. I'll um yeah I want
0: to try to honestly I want to try even if I get just five ten minutes with somebody right after they win I'll pull them aside and like, do I got five or ten with you please and if they give me 20 I'll stretch it to 20 and uh, I'll just come compile them and-, <laughs> and we'll see my man that's awesome but uh
1: yeah keep in touch my friend Keep for in sure touch. looking forward to it um project fitness podcast wishes you the best of luck we'll be cheering you on at worlds and I can't wait to hear those episodes thank you so much for your time today mm-hmm. Ryan you bet, buddy. Of course. Take Talk care, Talk to brother. you later. Bye, man. See you. Never stop learning because life never stops teaching. If you've learned at least one thing from this podcast, and your mission is to help other people, please share this podcast with them. And
0: reminder